What's up, everybody? Sultan of Strangles is here. And today we are going to be interviewing a very, very special guest whose ADCC and MMA fights have been going viral lately. Up and coming star by the name of Cody Steele. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him at ADCC Trials. Uh, I've known about him for a while, but I finally got to meet him. We chatted, and he told me, um, you know, come by. Come to Austin, train with us. And, of course, I took him up on his offer. So I have been in Austin for the last three weeks. I just got home. It was the wildest time of my life. I was part of a secret project with Flow Grappling that I cannot talk about. But holy shit, are you guys in for a serious treat? Um, It's so frustrating to be part of something so amazing and so big, but not not being able to say anything. But yeah, in about three to four months, you guys are going to see one of the craziest um, one of the craziest things you'll ever experience. So while I was in Austin, I got to meet uh, Cody and man, did I have fun. He was definitely like the polar. He was the polar opposite of what I thought he was going to be like. Um, you watch his MMA fights, suplexing people on their heads. His um, uh, his jujitsu matches, everything. His last MMA fight had a viral knockout, knocking out someone completely cold. The the, the clip became viral. I'm thinking I'm going to meet him. He's going to be this fucking super, uh, like roughneck angry dude but man he is the nicest sweetest person i've ever met in my life the complete opposite of what you thought he could be um we got to hang out at his at his house um i got to go to brazilian fight factory when i got there i was like super shocked i would think you know if you're turning out adcc medalists i mean adc trials medalists um who's number one veterans that it's got to be this giant gym with like 10 showers and like state of the art but brazilian fight factory was a pretty tiny gym and it just goes to show you don't need a world-class um facility to create world-class athletes another thing i wanted to touch up on this episode is that cody doesn't really get to train mma Traditionally, he trains jujitsu, he trains Muay Thai, and when he has a chance, he'll try to mix it up and actually do MMA very rarely. So it kind of goes to show you don't need a world-class gym, you don't need a world-class MMA facility or world-class MMA coach to be good at MMA. So um, this episode, I think, is going to be very eye-opening. I think this episode is going to really help a lot of people that out there who are struggling and they're like, I don't have this, I don't have that. Making you realize that you don't need, you need, you don't need much to be great. And I hope after listening to this, you could, you know, get off your asses and try to, you know, follow your dreams or try to uh, make something of yourself, even though you don't have everything in front of you. You know what I mean? So I hope you guys like the episode. Remember to follow me at K-O-O-L. R-A-K, my gym, at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu, my gym website, immortalsjujitsu.com, and also Rambling with Rack. You can also get my scarf hold instructional on teachable.com, Sultan of Strangles Scarf Hold Series. I'm going to have some new instructionals out. 
Uh, I got uh, was talking to BJJ Fanatics. We're going to get some new stuff out there. Super excited for that. And I'm super excited to entertain you guys. Thank you so much for your support and enjoy the show. What's up, yeah. buddy? What's up, man? How are you, man? Good. How are you? Good shit. Um, I just wanted to uh, make sure the sound was good and everything before we started. Can you hear me well? Yes. Um, is this um, is this going to be just a voice thing? Yeah, just a voice thing, if that's cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. All right. Awesome. All right, guys. Sultan of Strangles here with someone you guys have been requesting a lot. Um, a lot of victories and a lot of knockouts and a lot of cool shit happening with our main man here. Cody Steele, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Um, yeah, so like, um, first question I wanted to ask is the origins. I remember when we talked, you know, a lot of people think you're Texas born and raised, but you told me you actually grew up in Washington State in a small town. It was kind of a tough upbringing. You think you could tell us a little bit about where you're from and what made you move? What's how it's different from Texas? Yeah, oh, buddy. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Never happened before, but uh, I think we're good now. Yeah, it was weird. Is your Wi-Fi on? Uh, yeah, it's on. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I think we're good now because I can hear you now. Okay, perfect. I was worried before. Yeah, man. So, um, a little bit about your origin story. Um, you know, Washington State. You know, what made you move? A little bit about your upbringing, if you could let the audience know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was born and uh, raised over up in Washington. I was born in Port Angeles, Washington, but I just kind of was like, I moved all over the place a little bit. I was uh, in Squim, Tacoma, the Olive areas. Um, yeah, right after you said the town after Tacoma just broke out a little bit. I think we're good now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just uh, lived, lived all over uh, the town a little bit. And then um, I was I was staying in Squim in Port Angeles the most between those two. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I kind of started doing all my, my sports pretty much. Started playing football and started wrestling out there. And then... Yeah, it's been just been a long, long, cold journey over there. It was, it was, it's always like rainy and and um, kind of cold over there right now. So Texas was just kind of the move with the weather and all. That's awesome. Um, what um, what position did you play in football? I played uh, running back, and I would play on defense. I'd play like I play either like safety or corner. Okay. Usually when I grew up, it used to be always running back and linebacker. That's different, running back and a corner. It's a little different than the usual mix. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was still pretty small. I was, I was quick, but I was, I was small. So when I would play football, I was like, I was always a real small guy in the backfield. But I, uh-huh. would, just, I would just try to run or fucking hit stick people as much as I could. That's badass. <laughs> and then you wrestled all your life or just high school? No, so I only wrestled when I was like a. I wrestled when I was in seventh grade. Um, I only wrestled because literally like, all my friends were gonna wrestle. My mom tried putting me into wrestling when I was like 
when I was like a third grade or something like that. I was uh-huh. I was pretty I was pretty young. My mom wanted to put me in wrestling because she always would, like I would always go to my friend's house and my friends would come over and like we would just be always fighting like wrestling in the living room. So she was like, I should put you in wrestling. And I thought wrestling was like you just wear the singlet all day, you know, every yeah. day. <laughs> you go, you compete with it, you train with it. So I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So I never did it. And then one year all my friends in seventh grade were just kind of like we're gonna go to wrestling practice i was like what the fuck all right and then everybody just like i was like i'm not going and then my other friend went and my other friends are like all my friends went so like all right cool i guess i'll go i'll see what's up and then i went there and then it was just like the coach in the cafeteria telling everybody like yeah wrestling is awesome and da 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 so after school all my friends went so i was like all right i'll go too and then i ended up just like fucking just loving it. It was so much fun. And so I did seventh grade and then eighth grade year, I got like in some trouble with like, just like fighting and stuff on school. So like I got like, kind of like booted out of school, went away and then came back, but I had to go to a different school. So then I started wrestling again, my seventh grade year, eighth grade year, or my, uh, my sophomore year and then my junior year. And then my senior year, I just ended up moving to Texas, but they didn't have any didn't have any wrestling so it's kind of just like i only did like four seasons of wrestling damn and make a mental note of the fighting part because i definitely want to do a street fight segment of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's go (laughs) so you moved you moved to texas your senior year so did you you finished your senior year in texas yes yeah just finished i just came here played football and then just was like, all right, what's next? And then there didn't have any wrestling at my school, so that's what oh, I. Oh man, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> was it tough making friends just coming randomly from another state senior year? It's a tough year to move. Yeah, um, honestly, it, it sucked, but it was like it's whatever. Like I feel like every time I've like growing up, me and my mom and like my sisters, we would literally move like every like every year or every two years, just because uh-huh. like just because my mom or whatever wanted to like, you know, we something in life or whatever. So we'd end up leaving somewhere. And like, so every time I would go to these new schools, I was either getting problems with people or, you know, eventually making friends, but definitely playing sports like football and all that, like always helped out so much. So it was never like the worst thing. Interesting. Yeah. I moved a lot when I was a kid, like a lot, a lot. And, uh, I really do think it, it's tough, but it builds character, you know, and I yeah. think it's built a lot of character for you. You know, you have to learn to adapt to new surroundings and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely helped me like kind of like more observe and watch people than more than just kind of like open my mouth and just be in the middle of the fucking uh, scene all the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um. A little bit about your upbringing you know when i bring you up to people i don't think anybody knows that you're korean um yeah are you like do you identify with your korean this hardcore or are you kind of just like you know i'm born here yeah i'm pretty much dig it like that like i'm just i'm born here um i would love to go to like korea one day you know but um, so how it works is like my mom, she was adopted by my grandma and grandpa and my grandma and grandpa, they adopted like a bunch of kids. They adopted like an Indian and uh, Asian 
and then just like some white dude and like so we just have like a cool little mix in there but yeah so my mom was just pretty much born and raised so she's more she's more full uh korean i'm only half korean uh-huh and um yeah so that's how that works so we don't know i, I never my mom doesn't even know any uh she can't speak korean or anything like that so really we just yeah wish we did but we don't <laughs> have you ever tried any korean food oh yeah i love korean food i love just about any food but yeah i really love uh korean food what would you say your favorite dish is man i don't know i can i can just go off on like the bulgogi meat and like uh-huh. just and like kimchi and rice and all that i could just go off on those it's pretty wild you know like um uh even if you weren't born there it's kind of still in your blood so you're you're obviously gonna like you're gonna love you know sometimes without knowing it love, love the culture and the food um it's like a huge thing now. A lot of Korean movies are doing really well because um, you pretty much can't do anything anymore in American movies because it gets canceled. Do you have any good Korean movies that you say are your favorites? Man, I wish I could. To be honest, I don't really watch too many Asian movies or, or anime, but I hear like anime is pretty popping right now. I didn't know it was always that good or that cool, but like like now everybody I know watches like uh anime or some type of like they listen to like k-pop and stuff i don't know yeah i don't i don't know any of that stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's been it's been super pop it's been uh it's been around forever but it's just recently becoming like super super popular okay that's what i I hope (laughs) yeah for sure um yeah so you know someone of your level i would expect that you've been training jujitsu since you were freaking five years old but I remember when we met, you told me you only started after high school. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much because when I moved here to Texas, I really wanted to wrestle and just kind of finish out because I remember being in Washington and I was just literally like uh, in, in practice. I was like, I this is so weird. I was like, I don't know what I want to do with myself after high school. But like literally all I know that I want to do is something like this. Like I want to grapple or wrestle or do uh i want to do something like this some type of fighting because it's just one it's just it keeps you in shape and two it's just extremely fun so when i moved to texas i was like cool there'll be something there for me and then just because it was like a big city and i was coming from like a really small town and when i get here i go to my school no wrestling so I was like, all right what's the next best thing and i figured uh mma would be would be like a good move to do just so i could like you know, start fighting people and doing all that. But I also knew I needed to do like boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu and um, things like that. So then I ended up finding a jujitsu school close by. And that's, uh, that's when I ended up meeting uh, my professor Rodrigo. So it was like right after high school, it's like 18 or something like that. I just started going to, or like not after, it was like after uh, a wrestling season or no, it was after football season. So after football season ended, I, I went found out uh try to go find some jujitsu or mma that's wild so you went from white to black belt under Rodrigo. yeah 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 that's that's so cool um and you know what's fascinating you know i see you you placed in trials uh william paced, uh, placed in trials and you guys have a pretty high level team 
So when I got there, I was thinking I was going to see this like multi-level facility with like 10 showers <laughs> and like a cage. And it's just a regular freaking gym. So, yeah. you know, it just goes to show a lot of these people think you need the state of the art gym to, to build champions. And it's just nothing further from the truth, man. So like yeah. any, anything you anything you want to say about your gym, what makes it special and any advice you could give to people listening that you don't need a freaking 20,000 square foot gym to be the best. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I used to think like that. Like, I, I used to think like, man, I need to, I need to move to California and I need to, um, I need to go train at like Atos or like the HQ. Cause that's where like the Mecca of jujitsu is. Or if I need to do MMA, I need to go train at the top schools and stuff. And I think that, it obviously helps, you know, obviously if you're training at like an Atos type school where it's like just everyone in the room is insane, like jujitsu, um, it's not bad, but also I feel like if you go to a place like that, it's kind of like, you know, you're constantly on your A game, you got to fight people and, you know, everyone's just so good. But I feel like if you're in a room full of like a really well-balanced people or just like a, if you have a group of people, honestly, the more important thing is I feel like you just need a group of people who all want the same thing. Like if you guys all want to be like some type of world champion or, or anything, you guys are just positive and constantly motivating, motivating each other. You know, if someone's slacking, they want to keep, you know, you push the other person. Like, I think that goes a long way, you know, because if you're doing that, you can study with that person. You can try new things with that person. You know, normally your egos are gone because you guys have rolled about a thousand times. So I think, you know, that is more important than just going to like a one of the best schools in the world you know um but yeah i definitely had that kind of feel like now i like to train like that. i like to go visit those places more or less like i like to train uh work on my techniques do what i do what i do here with my uh with my team and then when i go travel like i like to go travel like the auto schools or the big giant schools so i can kind of test myself to see where i'm at you know that's really cool you know um and, and you made a great point to a lot of people. It's like, you just need to find a group of people who want the same thing. You don't need some world-class state-of-the-art gym. And, um, you know, a lot of people uh, message me asking what your regiment is. I know something unique that you told me you do with William is like, you guys will meet up like two, three times a week and just drill. And by drill, I don't mean like drill triangles. Just he told me he'll just drill snap downs for half an hour. Just drill half the part of a knee slice, like kind of. I like to call it micro drilling. Mm -hmm. So if you just want to elaborate a, a little bit about that, and then a lot of people don't know that you train all the martial arts separately. So like I remember you telling me you do jujitsu, Muay Thai, but you don't really do too much pure MMA. So if you want to elaborate on that, I think that'd be great yeah so so when we're we're training we, we we're, we're, tra we're training just about you know every day um we have certain days say like me and william we have certain days out of the week where like we go we'll go hard especially like if it's like we're getting ready for a tournament like we got a tournament coming up this month it will be extra strict but if it's not so much then we just have certain days but like say you know like all right monday Friday or or like Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, just depending on what, what the week's like. But like 
those are days where we're like trying to train hard, whether we're taking each other down hard, we're, we're scrambling hard, we're doing things. And that could be like, you know, like I said, two times out of the week. And then the other days are kind of more rest days ish where those days it's like, we drill a lot. Like we might drill the same thing and, or we drill sequences sometimes like we'll like just transfer from legs to pass to uh, back to submission, you know, things like that. So it's like, and we'll just drill the same thing. So all we really want is our body just to get comfortable moving in those positions. And then um, everything else is just kind of filled in with, um, with with cardio and strength and conditioning type training but we we have more of like our schedules are kind of the same like we have like this day this day we're gonna go hard and we roll hard and then there's this day these days where we just roll and we're just rolling just to roll like we're like figuring things out and you know like he might take my back i might take end up taking his back and then i might end up choking him or he might end up choking me you know like we never we always have very like controlled type uh training you know just because like we train a lot together so if you could put it into days like how many days a week would you go hard how many days would you go just light um i would say if we go hard like there'll be like friday's always a pretty good day we like to me and him we'll go hard and stuff and then like maybe like tuesday so about two times out of the week and if we're feeling up for it maybe we might do another one but for the most part just just two because like if you're going really hard i feel like it's like you're kind of racing your your car in a way and if you race your car something's kind of always burnt out a little bit or something's a little loose and like banged up so it's like and every time we go hard it's like we either jam each other's hands or pinch each other's elbow or something no no something always weird goes happens you know you're lucky if you don't come out of like something like not cool you know but um so like there'll be those days but those days it's just like we just don't give up points we don't give up a sweep we don't give up a takedown we don't give up things but then the other days we 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 roll like a lot like we'll we'll probably roll like i don't even know like freaking 20 times in a week me and him we we love we're we're like each other's main training partners wow dude i'm kind of blown away because i thought you were gonna say you would do a lot more hard training sessions but it seems like it's not about working hard. It's about working smart. Yeah. Because I, I'm doing like, I'm doing like, I don't know, five hard sessions a week and I'm always complaining how I feel burnt out. So now yeah, I kind of, exactly. I guess I, I figured it out. Like I got to turn it down a little. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, you can train hard and stuff and then it's like, boom, all right. You know, you're pushing your gas tank, you're doing your stuff. But, you know, like, like I said, I, I feel like, you know, if you're training hard all the time, that's when I start, that's when my shoulders start aching on me, or that's when my, my ankles or my knees start to be all weird, you know, so like, I'll just do like, if I want to get better cardio, then I do that outside of the mat. And so like, I can really push myself and like, really like kill my lungs or whatever. Interesting. Um, speaking of cardio, that was one of the viewer questions. They were wondering, what's your strength and conditioning regimen? What's uh, especially what's your cardio regimen? I know both of us are super um, fanatics about the assault bike. Yeah. So, yeah. That's definitely uh, a big key. So I'll use, <clears throat> I use for my cardio. The one thing with cardio is I feel like it's something that you can't really just 
get you know i think i feel like it takes over time is like the best thing it's just like consistency of being on top of your cardio so mm-hmm. it's like when i'm rolling i'm kind of always pushing my gas tank a little bit as much as i can until i just don't want to like i don't want to feel like crap every day but like i'll push it as much as i can and then outside of that i'm doing a lot of runs i i, I start uh i've always been running biking like running up hills things like that like that's like a pretty consistent regimen for me or like when i'm doing my strength and conditioning training um it's not really like getting under like a heavy bar as much anymore it's more like grabbing lighter weight and doing high reps and just moving to the next station to the next station so when i work out i have more like stations like i'll be like all right over here i'm doing some like push press and i'm doing a soul bike then i'm doing row machine then i'm doing uh sled pushes and things like that then this circuit i'm going to be doing slam balls so everything is like a different type of workout but it's more high rep so i kind of can like push myself in that uh ways so but i'm doing that just about just about every uh like four times a week okay so strength and conditioning is four times a week you said yeah it's about four yeah and jujitsu you said you're doing jujitsu almost every day but it's not it's two hard sessions a day but it's every day yeah i'm at least doing jujitsu and then with the striking and everything like i kind of toss in that because i'll try to do striking every day as well but by striking you mean hitting pads you don't mean like sparring yeah i'll just hit pads do some drills uh, a lot of drilling with the striking i feel like dry, uh, striking is just a ton of drilling really so do you how many how many hard how many sparring sessions are you getting in a week um so i do like i spar i'll spar like monday and then i'll spar some on tuesday and then maybe on wednesday and then i have a hard spar session on thursday and then i'll spar on friday oh maybe shit i'll spar on saturday too but out of all those sparring sessions only one of them are actually hard the other ones are like I'm training with like just like a very small group of people and everyone's very chilled. Everyone's very relaxed. It's very flowy. It's like if you were to like flow in jujitsu, um, it's, it's just like that. I'm just pretty much looking for reads, uh, looking for setups and I'm looking for uh, uh, techniques that I've been trying to practice and uh, my entries, like my punching to uh, double legs or punching a single leg entry takedowns. Um, so I'm practicing more, uh, more of those. And then when I spar on Thursday or Saturday, those days I'm like, I'm sparring, like I'm, I'm throwing a little bit and I'm like taking them down and I'm like hit and like hitting them and subbing them and doing, doing a little bit more harder uh, volume. And this is Muay Thai sparring, right? This is not MMA sparring. Yeah. Muay Thai. Uh, yeah. More Muay Thai. Like some, some of the days will get mixed in, but like Thursday, I, I have like a hard Muay Thai spar sesh. Interesting. So pretty much, you don't really need to train MMA every day to be good at MMA. If you just know how to put it all together, eventually, it's gonna it's yeah. gonna bring you success. Yeah, I think you know, like I don't know, like I said, I think drilling is just a really big, big thing. You know, like if uh, obviously like you like that's why i do a lot of the flow sparring because i need to like see the looks find the timing uh find the footwork underneath me and do that uh-huh. but for the most part you know like definitely um 
definitely not sparring hard. I don't, I don't even like to spar hard like that. Like all the time, like sometimes I'll go sparring hard on like Thursdays or the hard days I spar. And even then, like I'll run into people. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And then I'll just, I just find myself just like slipping and defending more than actually like trying to murk somebody. Cause then it just gets crazy, especially if I don't know them, you know? Yeah. You don't want to get into a freaking brawl at the gym, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I see it all the time at the gym, but it's like, man, I'm not getting paid for this. Why am I? Why am I <laughs> this guy's head off? Because I exactly. know in, um, in Thailand they don't even use shin pads and and yeah. sparring because they're like, we're not hitting that hard for us to need shin pads. Yeah, know? exactly. That's kind of how it is. Like I I wear shin pads, um, but like sometimes like I go to this one class and like the, we don't wear shin pads when we spar because it should it should be that light, you know? Because if you can spar every day as long as it's like you're both controlling it and it's light and you're just moving and stuff. But yeah, if you're going hard, you definitely want all the gear you got. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, I know that like uh, pretty much Gary spars every day and hit, but his is like more of like a medium paced sparring so that you yeah. could go every day. It's not freaking haymakers to the face, you know? And yeah. I like that's kind of what you do too then. Right. Yeah, just a lot of flow, touch sparring, moving, and uh, things like that. So I can keep the timing down and, and work on the things I need to work yeah. on. Yeah, pads I would... for sure. Pads too? Yeah, I'll hit pads and I'll, and I'll do like uh, partner drills. I'll do that for sure every day. And then the sparring I try to do every day as much as I can. Nice. Um, now, I wanted to talk to the audience about turning it on. So like uh... – when I came to Brazilian Fight Factory, I was like, man, this guy suplexes people on their fucking heads. He knocks people <laughs> out. So I was expecting our, our role to be like super like like hard, like a freaking bar fight. I was excited. But then I'm like, holy shit, he's so nice. And you're just going <laughs> super light with me. But you have the ability. So one of my criticisms, especially with my students, is um, you got to – you got to know how to turn it on. You know, if you want to come to class and just flow all the time, I, I, I understand. But if you don't know how to turn it on, you're not going to be successful. So I want to talk to you about like, what do you do to turn it on? Since you're going, most of your sessions seems to be a little light drilling. You have like two hard days when it's time to fight, when it's ADCC, how do you turn it on? Um, Man, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think um, to me, there's like it's it's a lot of mindset, you know. Like, your your mind has to be there. Like, if you're thinking in your head, like, man, I might lose and stuff like that, you're really close to losing. You know, like you're already a step behind. Like, when I walk out on the mat, I don't really care, or, or really, yeah, I really don't care who's in front of me because I know if I'm in front of people and I'm competing, it's like I. I don't know. I just, I turn it off in my head where I'm like, I'm going to run through this guy or like, you know, we're going to fight. Like, that's all that's like, how I think about it. It's like, we're uh -huh. about to get into a fight without um, punches. And any, every time I've ever been in like a street fight, especially when I was like younger, I never even thought about anything. I was just trying, I was just reacting and swinging and just fighting, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like in jujitsu, sometimes it's kind of like everyone tries to be very calculated, which you should be. And if you can do that, but I don't really consider myself the most 
technical-ish, you know? I mean, like, if you compare me to, like, a, like, a, like, say, like, me and William, like, William's been training since he's been, like, a little baby, you know? So, like, his technique and his flexibility is, like, very, he can just start doing things. Like, me, like, I, I do some things, I do some things differently, you know? But in my head, you know, I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's about a, a street fight, just about, you know? And it's kind of, like, uh, I feel like there's people, there's, there's, like, competing, and then, and then there's like fighting type and some people compete and then other people's they fight like an mma i feel like people they they could be good at mma but i think it's like a mentality you know like lebron james he's about like he's like the freakiest athlete you know i guess everyone's ever seen but like he might not be that good at mma because he might not have that mindset you know so I think in competing just in general, like you just have to have that mindset of just being in kind of like a dog, you know, <laughs> some people get intimidated when they go up against that, that uh, person, you know, and you can't have that. You have to just see through everybody. Like you said, if everyone's the same, you just got to run through them, you know? So do you still get nerves? Do you get nervous before uh, jujitsu? Do you get nervous before MMA? Um, I haven't in a while. I I used to like I might get a little nervous, like kind of like uh, like you know, obviously something bad could happen. Like I could get knocked out or choked in like three seconds. But I feel like I've put myself in like a good place mentally, as in you know, like when I compete, I go out and I compete. But I I go out and compete to have fun, you know. Like I don't put too much pressure on myself about winning and losing like if i don't win first place and boohoo then it wasn't meant to be and but as long as like i'm out there putting on exciting fights and i'm having fun and the match was sick then like that's a win for me so i'm good and then if it's like um when it comes to like fighting you know i i don't know i think it's just i just feel like i think about when i'm nervous or a little nervous i i think about like who's like, did I put enough work in? Did I put the hard work in? And I feel like some people, they get really, really nervous because they didn't put the work in and they know that. Like mentally, for me, when I ask myself if I put the work in, I know I put all the work in. I know I hit all my hill sprints. I know I hit all my pad sessions. I know I hit all my drills. And I know I rolled with every hard guy that I could at the time, you know? So I just think whatever happens, happens. The chips are going to fall where they fall, you know? Because that's, yeah, because back in the stage, like when I was doing um, MMA fight, I saw this guy and he was just sitting in the corner and he was just like, had his eyes closed, like he was fucking like meditating or whatever, which I was totally cool, but it didn't look like he was meditating. It looked like he was just trying to calm himself down. And then he was like talking to his coach, he was asking like a billion questions. And I'm just like, damn, like this guy is not prepared, you know, he's freaking out. Like, and I was just chilling because I was like, I'm, just as prepared as I can be, you know, I could have, I made myself just as much as I needed to be for this fight. So I think if you're ready, if you're prepared for a test, then you should be good. And if you didn't study for the test and you're not ready, then you're going to be pretty nervous, you know? Yeah. It's pretty much, um, you want to do everything you can. You want to go into that cage, telling yourself there's no more you could have done to prepare for this. And yeah, that's the best thing for me. For me, my biggest fear is not going out there and getting submit in three seconds or, you know, beat by my, my biggest fear is being gassed, gassed out of my mind 
and yeah. having just somebody in top mount smothering me when I can't breathe. That's just my biggest fucking fear. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, I, I've had that fear too, you know, uh, playing times like gassing and stuff. But sometimes, you know, you put yourself in those situations and you'll you'll get there and you'll learn from it and you'll learn how not to get there. Like I fought, when I fought um, Ty Rotolo, he like lulled me into this tornado of scraps. And then like at the end of it, I was like, holy shit, I'm so tired. And like, <laughs> I couldn't do, I could not do anything, bro. I was just like, get this kid off of me. And like, then he ended up uh, getting me. But like, I was just thinking in my head, I mean, I learned like, that was like one of my toughest matches I've ever had. But it was also like one of the matches I learned so much, like so much. And like, I feel like that match is what kind of like changed uh, my style slash how I am today because of that match, you know? And it was because I like, I was on the bottom side control i was in i was like he was mounting me he like put me in so many bad positions i was so tired but it was like you know you get comfortable being in those terrible spots because next time you know if someone puts me in a terrible spot like that like i'm gonna understand what's going on and i'll be able to make those adjustments instead of like it being the first time ever and i'm just like oh my god and then i'm getting mauled again yeah so what, what would you say your top takeaways were from your match with ty other than the getting out of bad positions um yeah just being comfortable and being terrible spots and then also just like how he puts a pace on people um how he he would how he was he was passing like left and right and over the top and underneath and then he just wasn't stopping until uh until the other person kind of breaks you know and i just kind of like i felt like that's kind of how my style was but he just did it better yeah like I, i really took it away and i really studied it and i and I really picked up a lot of things from it. So now I'm like, yeah, I've been doing good since then. Well, um, so, you know, you said before that, um, there, that you want to be an exciting fighter. You want to be successful. But what I noticed after watching a lot of IBJJF stuff and like sometimes you got to do what you got to do to win. And that means freaking pass the guard and hold them down. And, um, sometimes you can like uh you know i saw your match i forgot who it was but you suplexed them like 30 times at trials yeah who was that poor guy yeah i just think his name was like ace or something like that yeah so <laughs> so like you do you do the points tournaments but you also do the the stuff where the cameras are on you like who's number one when do you when when do you change it from exciting to what, what you got to do what you got to do to win um yeah i mean definitely like a tournament um like a tournament type of atmosphere like i try to do what i gotta do to win especially if it's like i'm not totally warm like if i'm cold then i'll I'll, like slow the match down as much as i can i try to hold and just get comfortable being out there Mm -hmm. um but yeah it 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 is tough because tournaments especially let's say like ivjf I like, I love competing in IBJF. I'm like, I've competed with them so much, but I feel like they need to change certain things. Like, thank God they put heel hooks in. Yeah. That, that's like a big, like, was really dumb of them not to do it. And then also, like, I feel like some matches could even be smaller. Like, I feel like 10 minutes is a really long time. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes, like, people are 
both very much like they're very high level they're both playing uh the game of inches so they're not giving up anything and they're not doing anything either so it's 10 minutes of like pure boredom and then it's just hard to sell that to people and then also like the one thing that i really hope and wish that they would take out and i really don't understand why they have them because i don't know any other sport that even has them is like fucking advantages oh my like, god it ruins the sport it, it is it's so dumb it's like you get a point or you get a half a point for almost sweeping the guy or almost subbing the guy like i feel like it should not be like that because like if you get like especially if you're in the gi if you're in the gi it's completely over but like even no gi it's like if you're down two to four and that guy's got two advantages or just two point uh, or just one advantage you're still down a shit ton like you can you gotta sweep the guy and then you gotta almost sweep him again or almost sub him or almost do something to him you know like it's just it's stupid as shit so then it's like people will like stall and then they're it's two two but the guy's still stalling you know what i mean like it's it's really weird to me like i feel like there shouldn't be any advantages it's just, I I don't know, it's just such a weird thing for me, like a weird rule to have, but it's whatever. Yeah, I, I got to the finals of uh, Worlds, and I went against a guy. I shot I shot a high crotch, and he got his arm around my neck. We went to the ground, and I'm like, all right, I could just fight the guillotine on my knees, or I could get the fuck out of it and fight it on my feet. So I decided to go on my feet, and I ended up getting – he got an advantage for that, for an almost guillotine. Yeah, and I ended up dumb. losing in the finals to one advantage. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it should be like, okay, it's 2-2. Two, two. All right, who's really trying to score? Who's really pushing the pace? You know, who's trying to make that last point? Like, that's how I, I feel like it should be. But, you know, it's, yeah, like, they're going to do what they're going to do. Like your, ma- your match with PJ Barch, he was playing a very, very conservative game. And you were just attacking the whole time. And it was rightfully so that you got the ref's decision. Like, I think those matches should just be determined by who's trying harder to score, for sure. Yeah. Like, because, like, if he, let's say, like, you know, we were we were fighting or whatever, and it was 0-0, zero, zero, but he maybe had, like, a one advantage for uh, for something, you know. And now I'm chasing him all over the mat, and he's just running from me, you know. Yeah. So, it's just, I think it's a, the craziest uh, thing. It's pretty yeah. weird. Brings me to my next point. I'm a huge fan of uh, freestyle wrestling. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Iran when I was a kid and train with the national team. And I I truly, I love the push-out rule in wrestling because it forces two people to go into each other. What are your thoughts about a push-out rule in jiu-jitsu? I think uh, that would be pretty, I think that would be pretty cool too. I think it would make things interesting. I feel like I've had this conversation with someone before and they kind of gave me some pros and cons on that. And I was like, okay, yeah, for sure. But like, I feel like people, you know, like I said, especially like in the gi or whatever, or even in the no gi, this happens a lot is people like to play the out the outside. Yeah. You know? So then it's like, they'll try to do an attempt for a takedown and then maybe in the ref size, he's trying slash maybe they might even given him a freaking advantage for it, but they play the outside. And then if you shoot on them, they just run out of bounds. Exactly. And, like, and then you restart like, in the middle. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's retarded. Like, I feel like, I don't think, I don't think it would be wrong if we put a, if they're going to have advantages, they might as well have a push out rule. So 
Yeah, I'm thinking about doing a tournament at my school and having a push-out rule. And I think that'll be a nice way to test it out. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. I like the push-out rule. Yeah, because someone was telling me about that, and I was definitely on board with the push-out. Nice. Um, So uh, since we're on the topic of wrestling, I saw you wearing – you were wearing some uh, gear that said Wrestle Jitsu on it. Um, What what exactly does Wrestle Jitsu mean? And uh, what does it mean to you? Um, it's kind of just like, I don't know. I felt like, I feel like it was always like this. Like I would always wrestle like, like, like through IBJF, I'd wrestle some guys that were like, uh, uh, D1, like they wrestle like their D1, um, accolades or whatever. They just be heavy wrestlers. And like, I would wrestle these guys and like, in like say like a practice when they'd beat me but then like we would change it to like doing jujitsu with wrestling and it just kind of changed the whole thing so like anytime i'd ever be like oh i'm finding like i'm fighting this d guy this d1 guy whatever i'm like ah i was like i'll, I'll just wrestle jitsu him like which is pretty much me saying like if he shoots on me i'm gonna guillotine him or like i'm gonna shoot on him because it's so it's like if he's got to work out for submissions and he's not so focused on his wrestling you know so wow. I just, I, yeah it's how i kind of like but think I just wrestle jitsu people all the time. So other than going for guillotines and stuff, what are some other key uh, points that makes wrestle jitsu unique? Like, would you say maybe like sumigashis where you could throw people backwards and stuff like that, that you can't do in freestyle wrestling? Yeah. You do things like that or just like kimuras, uh, people shoot on you, you know, you like kind of resort to a kimura grip. Um, or just for a lot of front headlock, you do a lot of different things for front headlock, or like say, like I think of it when I think of wrestle jitsu, I think of it more like if you're playing guard, you got an X, you got an X uh, guard or something going on and you're coming up to sweep, you do like half the sweep and then the rest, the rest of the move is all wrestling, you know, or okay. if you're passing the guard and then the guy tries to wrestle up on you, you end up turning it into a front headlock or a wizard and then you're in like a wrestling jujitsu type standoff, you know. So I, that's how I kind of think of it, like a whole thing. Yeah, pretty much. I would consider my style the same thing. Uh, yeah, totally. That's that's kind of my style for sure. Um, we do wrestling Wednesdays at my school. We wear wrestling shoes and we do wrestling rules just because I want to get them used to um, not turning their back for a takedown and not jumping guard and stuff. And it's really helped. So, you know, some of the stuff you just said made a lot of sense. I definitely gonna start thinking a lot more about it um so uh so we've talked about muay thai we've talked about actually we didn't really talk too much about muay thai we talked about muay thai mma jiu-jitsu what are your goals for all three of those sports um i think the biggest thing is you know mma i wanna i wanna make it you know as far as i can with it and I feel like if I just sharpen up on a, as many tools as I can and understand understand them, you know, kickboxing, Muay Thai boxing, and jujitsu, wrestling, all that, if I can, like, understand it, I can take away, add things that work and learn how to blend it all together. But definitely MMA is, is the one that I'm trying to chase now, win belts and things like that. That's cool. So what, what organization? I remember when we talked, you were thinking Bellator. 
Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I'm gonna see how it is because I'm, I'm very new to the MMA world. Mm-hmm. Um, about this next year, I'll be going into pro, so I think like there's just gonna be a lot of new stuff going on. So I'm not sure, like, you know, if someone offers me money or I get a good contract or. I don't know, you know, I kind of like in my, in my brain, like how I see it is like, I kind of fight small on the regional scene, just kind of like do my thing. And then Mm -hmm. once I can kind of build my record and build a little bit more experience up on the regional scene, then I can take it to a little bit bigger of a platform. And whether it's one UFC, Bellator, PFL, or we'll see, you know, whatever gives me the most money. Interesting. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Um, and I like how you said you're building yourself up in the regional scene first. I feel like a lot of people, they try to bump up to the big show way too quick and they just don't have that experience on the regional yeah, scene, you know? Definitely. I mean, I feel like you could put me under the lights and the, the cameras and the crowd and I feel like I can do fine. But I think I need a little bit more of that experience of just being in the moment and fighting, you know. Yeah, I think that that's more important than, you know, I feel like if I go through the regional scene, get all the rusty things out, buffer everything, then by the time I make it to the big show, I'll just be, you know, taking people out. Ready to go for sure. Yeah. So, so you know, for an MMA fighter with a jujitsu background, it would make perfect sense for me uh, to, you know, see you just do MMA and jujitsu. But I was very shocked to see that you're doing you're doing pure Muay Thai fights. So I want to ask what made you do that? And also, um, let's say you have a Muay Thai fight. Are you still training jujitsu that week? Or do you just say, hey, I'm fighting Muay Thai this week, so I'm just going to do striking this week? Um, I I will do when I'm training for things like that. I just train. I train the same. I don't really Really? train any any different. Yeah, I mean, like I might do a little bit more like pad sessions and stuff, but like – I don't want to like change too much, you know, like I did when I got ready for the ADC trials, I knew, I, I knew I had an MMA fight the week after, Yeah. but I was just thinking in my head, like, you know, trials is important and I need to do well in trials. So I was just doing a ton of jujitsu and then I was doing drills and then I would go do Muay Thai on, uh, or I would go practice my boxing and my stand up on these days in the morning. And then, I'd go back to doing jujitsu training and kind of focus on, cause I don't ever want to like think ahead or like, I didn't want to look past the trials. Like I was like, trials are going to be tough, but I want to focus on trials and like, you know, that's what's ahead of me right now. I need to eat that. And then next thing I'll, I'll focus on the MMA, but even though they're so close, cause I didn't like that, but mm-hmm. um, I just, I just train it all. I just try to be prepared for all. That's wild. You know, um, I know a lot of people, this is their number one excuse for not competing. They're like, hey, you know, I don't compete too often because I'm in the gym working my craft, you know. But I literally saw you compete back to back to back to back. And, you know, I have a saying. I say one fight or one tournament equals 30 training sessions. Mm-hmm. Do you have a similar mentality? Do you feel like doing a, a tournament or a fight is like X amount of training sessions? Yeah, especially, I mean, it can go all the way till you're, you know, at the top level, but like, especially in the beginning, like when I was like white belt, blue belt, uh, even purple belt, every single time I compete, 
I would be like a completely different version of myself. I don't, it's hard to explain. I think your body, your mind just kind of get adjusted to the speed. Yeah. I fully agree with you. I love that you just said that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's just so it's, it's weird. It's weird to understand. Like if you watch me do like my first striking tournament or my first uh, smoker, you would be like, damn, like that does not look like Cody because I was just throwing bombs and trying to take their heads off instead of actually trying to like pick shots, move my head, be technical, things like that, you know? Um, But those are just the rusty kinks that you got to kind of get out, especially like as a beginner, you know? Yeah. And it's wild that you said uh, you become a totally different person. And I'm sure you didn't mean you just become a totally different athlete. You become a totally different actual person, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that 100%. I remember one of my first tournaments, I used to be freaking 230 pounds and uh, I cut down to 219 to do this tournament. And after I did tournament, my brain was just wired different. I'm like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to gain weight again. And I just fucking yeah. went down to, to, uh, to 190 after that. Damn. Yeah. It just, yeah. it just messes with the wiring of your brain and changes you. It does. And especially if it's like, you like say like you went and did the tournament and you gas yourself out and you couldn't keep up and you're just like, fuck i don't ever want to feel like that again you know yeah and then you just start making better choices yeah like uh i actually went against a fellow korean dude at uh i did a local tournament just to warm up for nogi worlds i went against this guy not that big of a record and he just smoked me in the absolute he beat me by two but he just out grinded me and yeah. after he beat me i'm like dude what the hell's the secret and he said he just sent me these two books it's called the oxygen advantage and the book, in short, pretty much just tells you to breathe through your nose all the time. And mm-hmm. that's what got my cardio to the point where when I got to Worlds, I didn't gas out once. So there's a lot of experience Damn. to learn. That's awesome. Um, that book. Yeah, I'll send you uh, it's Oxygen Advantage and Breathe. They're two of the greatest books. Um, I only got about three more questions. Um, this one is, I wanted to ask this before. Um, so you said you have to get yourself in a mental into into a different mental state to fight and to you it's just a fight and you have to just rely you know on your instincts and what you learn but sometimes it happens to where the person in front of you is your friend so i tell all my friends listen i love you but if you sign up for my division and we go against each other we're enemies on that day and i'm going to do everything i can to hurt you so for you, what's your mentality when facing friends? Because I know you had to face your best friend, uh, William, in the semifinals of trials. Yeah. Um, man, it's, it's hard, you know. Like, it's one thing. It's like if we train together and we're friends and, yeah, we train, whatever. It's like one thing. But, like, I don't know. With me and William, it's 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 uh, it's tough, you know, like because that's like it's more like my brother, I yeah. would say, you know, and you know, I'm not saying anything or whatever, but like it's not like we like we did not fix that that match or anything, you know, or anything like that. He was telling me like you take my back, you suplex me, and I was like, okay, I'm not doing that, but like for sure, and then, <laughs> yeah, like it's just hard, you know, like I couldn't. I can't see my, it's hard for me to like, it would be really hard for me to just kind of like go full throttle on William like that. Like it would have to be like, we'd have to be at the real ADCs fighting for 
a real spot, you know? Like, the trials is, like, obviously cool, and, like, I want to win the trials, too, but, like, you know, I don't know. I also see myself fighting for an MMA title and making money, you know? And, like, I don't know. For, like, William, he's, you know, he's chasing this, and we're all chasing this, but, I don't know, it wasn't, like, for me to, like, try to try to rip my, my brother's head off. You know? yeah. so it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't worth it to me like that, but, you know, if it was like a friend, you know, where I was like, we trained, but we didn't train, but we kind of trained. Like, I don't have a problem going after them, you know. Yeah, but you know, That's, he's, he's it, like your freaking brother, pretty much. Yeah, like I couldn't. Yeah, that that sucks. I hated that so much. <laughs> yeah, that was a really exciting match, though. And I, I was when I was watching, I'm like, damn, I wonder what's going through both of their heads right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wonder what happens if one of them gets a deep submission. Are they gonna crank it? Are they gonna lightly do it? Like, what the hell? Yeah, it was weird. It was. And honestly, it felt like we literally were just like rolling in the gym almost you know like oh he really knew he knew everything i was going for but i also knew what he was going for he tried to get my legs but i knew exactly how he was going to try to grab my legs so it's like we kind of just like anything he started or anything i would start doing he kind of we just shut it down real quick that's it, awesome it weird. yeah um so you know uh question that a lot of people ask me because the you know the ladies are always swarming me after the uh, trials and your viral knockout, how's your life been with the ladies, man? A lot of ladies in your DMs or what? <laughs> yeah, here and there. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's nice. It's, it's nicer having things like that. I don't have to like try to like drool and chase <laughs> so hard. <laughs> but uh, I'll play it. I play it. I play it smooth. You know, I'll just kind of here and there. I mean, honestly, it's like uh, training takes so much of my time it's ridiculous like huh. i th- i think like for the most part like what girls like they think what i do is really cool until they like get to know me and when they get to know me it's like damn this motherfucker trains like all the time oh he my god yeah he does not ever want to go out and have dinner with me he does not ever want to go out get drinks with me like and then it's like it turns into like yeah, I mean, you can just come over and chill, and then they're just like, then they don't like being used. But it's like, <laughs> right, well, that's that's, uh, that's all I got time for. I'm sorry, you know. It's so I think like I don't know, like later on, I'll I'll uh, take it a little bit more serious. But I don't know, the girls they come and go, you know. Yeah, it's tough, man. Most a lot of my relationships were uh, ended because you're like, oh, I want to date, you know, someone who competes, a fighter. But then when they see the lifestyle. Yeah. And you don't have time for them. Like, oh wait, this sucks. Yeah, it's it's so it's so different. It's it's hard to balance both. And if you're trying to like, I feel like be at the top, or if you want to fight the top, like you can't have someone in your brain messing with your mental space, or like can't have someone trying to like take time away or do. They need to be like, if they're gonna be there, they need to be on your team and they gotta help you. But it's tough. Like I've had like. Um, but it's 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 tough. It's like having people, um, like always like kind of believe in you and stuff. Because I remember back in the day, uh, he uh, back in the day or not back in the day, I was seeing these girls and stuff, and then they like recently just messaged me too, and they're like, "Wow, like so cool that you're doing what you're doing and stuff." And they're like, "Now, like it totally makes sense why you're like, damn, this guy really trains all the time." <laughs> <laughs> they're like it's all right like that now makes sense i'm like yeah that's awesome um 
So I remember, you know, I, I spent a decent amount of time with your buddy, Andrew Tackett. I can't say what or where or why, because it's secret. But uh, he, he told me that, you know, um, you've been in a decent amount of street fights in your life. So I was wondering, yeah. is there one or two of those street fights that were the most exciting or the most, you know, uh, you know, one that you'd want to talk to the audience about? Cool stories like that. Yeah, I, I don't. I think like just being in a small town, you just you don't really do too much. You know, like it's either you're either chilling, getting in trouble, or you're just randomly, you know, fighting. Like I used to, I would go to parties and stuff in high school, uh-huh. and like I would, I was either two things. I was either expecting to get in a fight, or I was expecting to like watch a fight like i was uh-huh. trying to antagon- antagonize someone to like be like what the fuck like they kind of like have beef i'm like god damn you gonna let him say that shit about you uh-huh. like, uh. and then next thing you know the people are scrapping or like someone would say something or someone would be looking stupid at me or something because they're drunk and then you know would be getting off like i remember one time i was like me and my friends we were just chilling and i was at my friend's house his parents were like never there so we were always hanging out and i think i was in like a I was in like eighth, yeah, I was in like eighth grade. And then this kid, he came through, he was like a sophomore, like a junior in high school or some shit like that. And it was my friend's older brother. And then my friend's older brother, his buddy was with him and they like came up in the room because we were just hanging out and they're like, what the hell, what are you, what are you guys doing? And we were just, just chilling there, we're like nothing. He goes, he's like, yeah, what's up? You want, you want to fight? You want to fight? And then what? he went up to my butt. He went up to my friend and said that. And then he's, my friend's like, no, I'm good, I'm good. And then he went up to my other friend. I was like, what? You want to fight too? You want, you want to fight? And then my buddy's <laughs> like, no, no, I don't want to fight. And then he like kind of like looks at me and then like walks out of the room. And I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, he lucky he didn't ask me. I would have said yes. <laughs> like, and then like I just said that though, just to say it, you know, because I was like. If he asked me, I would have fucking not have, I wouldn't have backed out. But then he asked me, and then I was like, or no, then he didn't ask me. He left. And then I said that. And then my buddy, like, yells out his name. He's like, Plum. Guy comes back in. He's like, what? He's like, Cody said he, he fights you. And then, like, he's like, yeah, you want to fight? And I was like, oh, God. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll fight your ass, man. And then we went outside and we just started, like, fucking throwing hands. Um, and then one time, what we used to do because i ended up moving because i actually like i got in trouble for fighting in eighth grade like at Uh school and it it was like a big crappy thing so like i ended up going away for a little bit and then when i came back i couldn't even go to school i had to go to a different school just because of a fight yeah it was it was stupid it was like on school grounds i mean like yeah it sucked it was like i ended up going in and to like do the juvenile detention stuff Oh my god! Just for a fight? What the hell? Just, just for a fight, man. It was retarded. I was like 14 years old at the time too. It was uh-huh. terrible, and so I pretty much missed my whole freshman year of school. And then I came back, and then went to my other school. And I went to this school in Port Angeles, which was like the rival school or whatever. Uh-huh. It was just like right up the street, and so like I ended up. I had a lot of friends in Squim, and then I had a lot of friends in Port Angeles at this time. So like, I remember I would get, I'd had these mats at my house and I like put them in my backyard or like get back where like we were living and I had them in like the backyard. And then I would have 
friend, my old friends from Squim come over and then I had all my other friends from Port Angeles and we'd all just be there and I would just be matching people up in my backyard and then people, <laughs> people were just fucking scrapping. Wait, like what, with gloves or what? Uh, we'd use MMA gloves. Oh, so literal, literal fights, like you would actually fight. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> I had one time like my buddy uh, Zach Grawl or whatever, he, he was there and he, he was like our 190 pound wrestler and then I had this other kid from like uh, Squim or Port Angeles or something. He was like a skater kid, always hanging out at the skate park. Uh-huh. And they fought, and my friend just knocked him out so bad. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I was like, "All right." Yeah, yeah you know, I I feel like it's um it's a really important for the development of a man that you allow things like that to happen. Just let boys be boys. Just let people fight. You don't put someone in a freaking detention center for fighting. You know, it's totally normal, man. Yeah. I mean, those are like, honestly, every fight I've ever been in, like for the most part, I'm like best, not now today, but like in school, I ended up being like best friends with those guys, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just how it is. You know, I think that's just, you know, what you got to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this. Do you remember what Columbine was? Columbine. Why does it sound super familiar? So, so two two idiots decided to shoot up a school in like 2001 or something, right? Yeah. So, and after that, they got real strict with with fights. Uh, no tolerance, suspension, juvenile center, whatever. But before Columbine, the days when I was a kid it was totally normal to just get into a fight at lunchtime, get like detention and it's over. But once Columbine happened, the shooting happened. And if I got into a fight, I had to go see a therapist for a whole year and I got suspended for two weeks. And I'm like, dude, you just got to let people hash it out the normal way, man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's literally, yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how I pretty much was doing it all the time in school. Like I was just like somebody who was like, would kind of like fuck with me or take shit from me. And then uh-huh. I would like, kind of like say something. And then I would kind of like stumble on my words and stuff. And, like, what, what the? and then I was like, I right, fuck that. And then we just go. <laughs> like, no talking. Let's just do this. That's hilarious. So um, second to last question is, you know, the Sultan, the Sultan came to Brazilian fight factory Totally loved my experience there. It reminded me a lot of Immortals. You guys definitely love to scrap, and it's hardcore. What what, what would you say to your audience, uh, the experience training with the Sultan? <laughs> I'd say it was really good. Uh, we got in, like, a lot of, like, scrambly exchanges, you know. And to me, that's what I I, I like to do that. You know, like, like when I'm training, I like to uh, – getting like tons of scrambles you know i mean it's just you're not always comfortable in them so you might as well try to get comfortable in them but you know training with you was like was just like that you know it was like it wasn't like you were like trying to just survive and hold and move and not like do anything you know like you were throwing attacks on me and encountering them and it was like it was a really good role you know yeah i had a lot of fun yeah i love i love rolling with people like that I was expecting like hard snap downs from you <laughs> to get suplex at least three times. And I'm like, damn, this guy's oh, freaking nice as hell. Dude, everybody always thinks about it. It's so funny. Like if <laughs> I ever go to like a school, like people will like before they roll with me, they'll be like, 
oh just my my, my neck hurt da, da, da. I'm like, okay cool 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 and then they're like they're like just don't slam me i'm like yeah, okay <laughs> and, like, and then when i roll with them they're so timid to like even make grips on me because they think like i'm gonna do some crazy shit and then after i roll with them they're like wow i thought that was gonna be different i'm like yeah most people do it's That's funny cool. because it's actually william and andrew are the ones you have to watch out for like because william's like he's more he's more like he's technical but he's so technical if you leave a little hole open he takes it from you and he doesn't give it back and then yeah. and then if you do something else he takes it from you and you're in a worse spot and then he doesn't give it back and then he just try and then he'll just finish you you know and then with andrew andrew literally just doesn't stop moving he'll just jump over your guard go to the side go the other way go up and over it like jump over you throw a submission on go for another submission take your back and like accidentally kick you in the face while he's doing it like that's, that's andrew <laughs> he's a he's an absolute monster he, he's completely out of his mind i don't know if he he's is. gonna live past 23 man he's crazy <laughs> I, I know he really is dude that's what we have to we have to deal with this guy all the time but it's okay yeah. we still love him that's awesome so last question is you know um uh this it's been one hour that went by really fast i had a blast what what are your last words and like what are some words of advice you could say to aspiring mma or jujitsu guys and also where they can follow you etc um you can follow me on cody steel bjj on instagram um and i would say if i could give someone advice i would just say just be consistent you know consistency is key and that's that's the truth that's like with anything in life but it's consistency is what's going to get you where you want to be that's amazing you know you just put in the hard work and you know the, everything will take care of itself exactly oh, another question i got cody Steele is your real name right yeah okay because if your name's Cody Steele, you could only have two professions, either a fucking professional fighter or a porn star. You have no other choice. You can't, you can't be an accountant with a name like Cody Steele. <laughs> I know, right? I think I'm just going to do MMA and then go to porn. So yes. And have, make money in both. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. This meant a lot to me, and I'm sure it's going to be a super exciting episode, and everyone's going to love it. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Right. You have a wonderful night, man. Right, you too. Bye-bye. Damn, that was definitely one of my favorite episodes ever. I felt like I uh, connected with him on many different levels. What, a, what an unbelievably inspirational and amazing human being. Um, that was fun. Definitely want more podcasts like that. Guys, if you have any guests you want on the show, this was a, a someone a lot of you asked me about because uh, I after I posted that picture on Instagram with him and William Taggy, they're like, do a podcast. And man, that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Uh, I had a blast. Um, guys, if you want to support the podcast, please go to my Instagram at K-O-O-L-R-A-K. Share my clips Go to my gym at Immortals Jiu Jitsu, share my posts at Rambling with Rack or ImmortalsJujitsu.com. Please share the podcast, share my page, and help this um, help this movement grow. I'm trying my best over here. Sometimes it gets a little um, demotivating when I see like 
Can't really figure out how to get sponsors and stuff for this, but I'll figure it out. Um, definitely having a lot of fun, and thank you once again. All right, guys, have a wonderful night. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and see you later.